We are back with the Audacity to Fail podcast hosted by myself, JQ Searles. The Audacity to Fail is a podcast about designing your life so that great things can happen in your career, in your business, in your family, and in your personal life despite failure. We have another special guest today, and I'm super excited. So without further ado, let's get started. Audacity to Fail podcast, and we have a special guest today. Um, this guest is, well, I consider him like a big brother from another mother, but this is, we're talking about New York Times bestseller, movie producer, awesome person. How about this? Devon Franklin, our guest, tell us everything you do, because you wear a lot of hats, man. So, so what are all <laughs> of your hats? Know, and let the audience just be proud for a minute to hear oh, it. Oh, man, I don't know, man. You know, you, you said them all. You know, I produce and write, and, you know. I don't know. I just about I'm just to be a personal to trainer. If you see his Instagram, yeah. personal trainer soon. <laughs> I'm just here to serve, man. I'm just here to serve and, and help the people, you know, help the people yeah. stay inspired and motivated and all of that. Yeah, man, dude, I appreciate you yeah. being on the podcast. I'm really of excited. Of course, thanks about for having this. me. Today's episode, you guys, is going to be very special because Devon has a book coming out that is incredibly powerful and really unlike all the other books that you've put out, man. I mean, all the other books, they have that kind of uh, teaching aspect, but this one is like an instructional almost. So, really excited about this one. Uh, even when, because I have a copy and I, I kind of found myself reading from the beginning to end, but I'll see certain chapters. Let me skip to that chapter real quick. Let me go back to this one. And it it seems like that one that you can kind of, as you're feeling it or as you're going through it, you can go to that chapter and quickly get that blessing and then go back to where you were. So really cool book because called Live Free. We'll talk about that a little later. You guys are going to be excited about this. So to get things started, man, just to kind of just totally dive in. How are you doing? Like, how are you? Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing good, man. I'm alive. So, I, I, you know, let's just start there. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing bad, man. It's like everybody, you know, it's like, oh, how are you doing? It's like, well, look, yeah. people didn't make it today. So, yeah, make it to today. So, right. you put that in perspective and I'm I'm doing great. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Oh, That's yeah. good to hear. That's good to hear. Oh, yeah. and, and and because I, I look at you, man, and if you guys can see him right now, he's always this sunny look. It's always like this glow about Divine at all times. Oh, so you're like, okay, thank you, my it's, brother. it's always a good presence to be in front of. <laughs> so you like, when you're like, I'm doing fine. I'm like, I believe you. I'm looking at you. I, believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't lying. I ain't lying. No, I'm not. Tell the truth. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So we got some, I got some questions here in the full interview okay. style and we, you know, Great. we'll converse through that. Um, so... The first question that I'm going to get, I'm just diving right into it. The first question is, what do you enjoy doing daily that doesn't involve work? Oh, man. Oh, you know, I'm not good at this. I got to get better at this particular um, category because, see, I don't really have enough. I don't have hobbies, you know, other than working out and working. Uh Uh, So I would just have to say working out. That's probably the thing I enjoy doing um, that doesn't involve work. But I, I think I'm in need of, you know, definitely getting another hobby or something because, you know, I, I just don't. It's it's just I'm in it every day. And that's yeah. what I'm focused on. So exactly. I know I need to find some balance there. But working out is probably the number one thing that I love to do um, that does not involve work. Every every morning? Uh, you know, I, it's like I've been mixing it up lately. I mm-hmm. mean, most of the time, uh, I would say 80, 85 percent of the time I'm working out in the morning um, mm-hmm. this past week. 
I've been kind of switching it up and doing, you know, some mornings, but predominantly evenings. So, you know, we're just seeing, I just try to keep my body, you know, guessing. Cause you know, you, the moment you just stay on routine, you just plateau. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I yeah. try to keep it mixed up a little bit so that we can, you know, continue to grow and, and continue to build. But, you know, yeah. right this week I've been working out in the evening time. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's good that if, if you're going to do anything working out, it's probably the healthiest thing to do. Cause that resets your brain in a really Absolutely. good way. And say it sure. gets rid of stresses and all that. So that's, you know, if yeah, you're going to have great. Kids, if you're going to live free, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> probably, it probably starts with working out. Yeah, um, it does. It helps a lot. <laughs> my daily thing has always been, um, I'm, I'm super nerd. So I'm always visiting comic book websites and looking up WandaVision. And I find myself kind of uh, diving wow. into Have you been watching kid. that? Man, WandaVision is crazy. I don't know all the Marvel stuff, so I, I, oh. I don't understand all the Easter eggs, so to speak, yeah. because as just watching the show, I mean, it's such an inventive show. It's very creative. Yeah. How they used TV shows to tell the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, <laughs> man. I'm like, it's out of here. I'm like, I don't know yeah. who created or wrote it, but they, they did a brilliant job. Oh, uh, yeah. Thursday night was always my weekly ritual of reset, where I would go to mm. a theater by myself. I would just see anything, mm. and it would be mm. my way of being in someone else's world. I get so excited to see films that a whole group of people made together. There's something yeah. so artistic and, and freeing about sure. that. And I get to be in your mm-hmm. world, right? As the producer, mm-hmm. as the director, you let me be a member of that world and I get to escape mine for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Since the pandemic, it's definitely been trying to figure out the Netflix, but then you're, you're still home, so you're still tempted to pull out a laptop. So I'm trying to keep that balance. Yeah. What keeps you motivated each day to work on your goals? You know, it's probably, um, you know, a feeling of there's just so much more to do. You know, I don't feel, feel like, you know, I'm on my way, but I'm, you know, I'm not, not, this is a a strange term because it it doesn't mean exactly what it sounds like, but it's like, I know that I'm not yet where I want to be per Uh se. So Uh that motivation is, is strong to, you know, continue to pursue, to, to kind of, achieve the vision that I have in my head of the life that I want. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, I'm motivated, you know, because I, I have partners that I'm, that I feel responsible to. You know, I have yeah. a, a deal with Paramount and Netflix yeah. and CBS, a book with Simon and Schuster and Audible. And so, you know, I want to be a good partner. You know, I want to make sure that I'm delivering on their investment in me and my company. That keeps me motivated, you know, it keeps me motivated every day mm-hmm. to just make sure that I'm doing the things that I need to do yeah. to, um, you know, deliver the movies that need to be delivered and work on the book the way it needs to be worked on and yeah. all these things. So I don't take people's investment in me uh, lightly at all. Of course, That's right. one of the things that keeps me motivated is I'm like, I want to make good your on, there it is. Yep, yep. Yeah. And be a great partner too. Yeah. Okay. So I also want to recap because you said it really, you're like, yeah, you know, uh, Paramount, Netflix, Paramount, you guys, and Netflix, <laughs> if you heard them correctly. Man, I'm so proud of you, dude. It's like the last time we talked, you was like, yeah, you know, I, I, I got Franklin Entertainment. It's getting in, it's going. And now it's like, yeah, I got to deal with, I got to deal with Paramount, Netflix, <laughs> Paramount, <laughs> Netflix. That's awesome, hey, man. And I'm just saying, you know, it's That's just, you know, awesome. it is what it is. You got a long way to go. So, you That's know, how awesome. It yeah, Thank but you, just, brother. you know, when you even just to be in the door in the way that you're in the door is mm-hmm. groundbreaking in and of itself. Because for those that don't know, Divine focuses mostly on faith-based content. I'm going to say mostly, exclusively, right? Faith-based uh, content? I would say exclusively inspirational, and then faith-based sometimes is a subset of inspiration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Inspirational. And 
if you guys pay attention to anything in, in, in Hollywood, even if you don't know, that's just rare to have that kind of support. You know, <laughs> you're still putting out movies that hit there, that hit theaters. And now a Netflix deal. And so, I mean, this is insane, dude. So I'm yeah, really proud yeah, no, of I'm that grateful. because I saw how you started. I remember the Oprah interview, how you wanted mm-hmm. to stay faith-based and, and all the, you know, the things you did to make sure that you could be at this level. And, yeah. you know, and I think if you guys haven't read Produced by Faith, I definitely recommend you read that where he just talks about sticking to his faith and, and letting that be the foundation to which he grew on. And to see the fruit come from that is mm-hmm. really inspirational. So all of you, I mean, you know, we're going to be talking about expectations, but that's a big one to be like set expectations for people that you work with so that they're not offended or upset because you decided to take the Sabbath off. <laughs> right, right. That's true. That is true. You got to set the expectations. They, they know what bro. they got. They know it up yeah. top. They know what to expect. Exactly. I asked that question, what are all the hats that you wear? So if you guys have read, well, you know, The Weight, he's definitely a husband, a yep. friend, because that's the mm-hmm. one thing I like seeing with you and Megan, that you guys are friends, legit mm-hmm. friends and married, definitely. and that's cool. Um, movie producer, author, mm-hmm. but it, legit, are there any other hats that you're wearing or you're looking to wear or that you're inspiring to wear? Ultimately, the goal, honestly, is mm-hmm. um, to get to a place where there's there's... I people know when they hear my name, they know what that means. Uh, and so that it doesn't require the producer or this or that, you know, it's like when you look at, you know, singular people, you know, yeah. whether it be an Oprah or a of Tyler course. or an Ellen, you know, it's like you, when you hear their names, you're like, okay, got it. I totally understand. Like you don't even need to, you don't even need to give me anything else. Yeah. Ultimately that's where I'm aspiring to, to get to where I'm making such an impact in the world. And it's so clear what that is that it doesn't need further explanation. Um, at the moment, you know, I'm doing a lot of different things, yeah. you know, and I, and I, they're, I wouldn't say different things because they're all, in, they're all related to inspiration, yeah. you know, but because I'm not limited by these titles, it has allowed me to do a lot of different, you know, things in the course of one week, I'll go from leading a conversation with the CEO of NAACP mm-hmm. in my capacity as a governor for the Academy Mm-hmm. to coaching a married couple on GMA to being in, in development meetings with on my next film with Eva Longoria, mm-hmm. you know, to doing meetings, um, you know, for, for the book. So in the course of, of a day, Crazy. I can wear all those different hats, so to speak. Yeah. But to me, they're not really different hats. I'm just, I'm just operating in different areas of my gifting. So funny you say that. And maybe it's hearing it from, Someone like myself, I definitely consider you like an older brother. And so I'll mm. say as a younger brother, I'd yeah. say, you know, what you aspire to, to me, you've been there. You mm. know what I mean? So, I mean, I think it's getting better at it and doing more wow, of it. I appreciate it. that. But as far as the people that I know who find out about you, we say New York Times bestselling author music, and movie producer because we're proud of those things. But I think mm. when anybody thinks of Devon Franklin, the very first thing that comes to everybody's mind is how much they know they're going to feel better in your presence. Oh, like everyone knows that. that if you go to Divine Franklin, if you hear him, you are going to come out feeling better. I, I feel like every movie you've done, every book you've done, all that stuff, a, a tweet, a Instagram, it always is, I'm going to feel better after consuming this. That's dope. You know, that's good. So, that's good, yeah, man. man. So that so means it's working. It's, it's like, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like, <laughs> like you're going to do, you're going to get better at it, but man, you, you've done yeah. a good job at that already. Before I get to the next question, 
for those to kind of educate those on understanding our, our relationship. I yep. actually found out, so I'm an Adventist as well, seven Adventist as well. And um, I moved to Los Angeles in 2012, but I came, I left and came back in 2014. I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. And a lot of people in Kansas City, they were like, you're going to Hollywood. Oh my goodness, you're going to Sodom and Gomorrah and, mm-hmm. and everything is going to go apart. And you're going to, yeah. you know, prodigal son, prodigal son, prodigal son. And what was so crazy was everyone was so afraid of me being in Los Angeles until your interview with Oprah. Mm. Then, kid you Dang. not, it was like overnight, I got all these messages saying, oh, Jaquan, I get it. I get it. Wow. <laughs> and I'll go, oh. And I'm like, have wow. you saw Divine? I'm like, no, who's that? And it's like, he's in Adventist too, and he's a producer. He reminds me of you. You guys, you guys should meet. And I'm going, okay. And so everybody, I'm, I mean, I got links for weeks of your interview wow. with Oprah. That's and everybody saying, oh, okay, we understand now. We get it. And so I remember when I saw that interview, it was immediately after seeing it, I was like, I think I'm going to know him. <laughs> you know, it was just, and it wasn't even that we shared the same face. That's it was cool. just, it was almost like you kind of know the people who you might have some type of relationship with. And so, yeah. so, so funny that I ended up working with Tere Roberts at One Church. I did the logo for one, the early One Church. How did you get connected with him? I got connected with him while I was in Kansas City from Wakel, uh, a friend of mine. He's a, a, a music producer and recording artist, and he went to mm-hmm. One Church. And at the time, they were rebranding. And so he was like, I got a friend. Mm-hmm. They linked me up and then uh, passed PT. And I, we were almost talked for weeks every day to figure out the way the branding structure for, um, it, like all the branding is different, but if you guys check out how ARC was, I did uh, yeah. I did all the branding for that. And yeah, so, yeah, I remember it. It was dope. Yeah. And, uh, and I did that right before I moved. PT said he was going to link us up. Because I, I, I said, hey, you, you, you know, uh, this Devon Franklin, he preached at your church. Can you link us up? Uh, I have I, We share the same faith, and he's the only person I know. And I didn't know of any Adventist churches in the area. The main reason I wanted to talk to you was to find out a cool church. Because everywhere I found was kind of corny. <laughs> right. So I just wanted to know a cool church. Yes. <laughs> and so then um, you preached at the old one church, the, the smaller one. Yep, yep. And I remember that. So I get into the story mode, I'm a little closer to the mic. You were preaching, and at the time, I was homeless. But at this time, it was more like I was couch surfing homeless. And mm. I was at the point of, I kid you not, I was really at the point of chucking my laptop away in the trash, throwing my phone away and accepting being just homeless and just shut everything out. It was one of those where you so back against the wall, the stress, the depression, you're like, forget it. So I was mm. really close to Damn. that point. And I forget what the whole sermon's about because you said something that stuck with me. And I mentioned it on the very first episode of this podcast. You were talking about people's dreams because that's one church is very, you know, a lot of dreamers go there. And you said, maybe everyone should pick their dream based on the storm they can handle. Sometimes you're so focused on the thing that you're good at, but you can't make it through the storm. So maybe you need to pick your dream based on the storm because you Mm. know you can at least make it through it. And I I talked to you about this earlier. You was like, I don't remember it. (laughs) You said it so quick. I don't remember it at all. That's deep though. (laughs) I sat down and I thought about it, what I was going through. And then I thought about every other profession, how I'm not equipped for that. And I thought, you know what? Mm -hmm. I can make it through what I'm doing right now. And so it was right then that my first experience of talking to you was something that changed the trajectory of where I'm at right now to be at a place where I'm right now talking to you in my podcast to help others do the exact same thing. So thank you for that. But that's also that's the crazy, that's man. also the beginning of, our, of how we met. Because it was it's at amazing. that day that I sat down and I said, hey, Devon, I'm JQ. It was like that. That was the day we met. 
And wow. so, um, God, so that was, a, yes, I thank you for know. that. That I was a no idea man, what you were going through. No idea, man. That's yeah. amazing. Look at God. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But it was that, that literally shifted everything. And then I ended up really sitting down and going, you know what? Let me look at what I'm doing right now because I had a little entitlement too. And it was just because mm. you're in LA and you want everything to work your way because you came to LA because you were the big dog in your city. So you're yeah. going to be the big dog here and it's going to work out. Yeah. Anybody that comes to LA, I think everybody deals with that for like a couple of months. And then you hit right. the reality. You. The city will humble you. <laughs> yes, yeah. it will. So I'm going to go to the next question. And that is, how do you uh, have work-life balance in wearing so many hats? I don't. I don't, I don't even think about it. Yeah, you know, because it's impossible. It's just so I just try to prioritize. That's the number one thing is prioritize. What are the things that have to get done and then do those things? And anything that's not like a super priority just gets pushed down the list. So that's something that um, is something that is kind of has been more intuitive for me. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, you know, I haven't really, you know, I haven't really talk much about it, but, uh, I talk about it a little bit in the, in the new book, yeah, but, um, it, that, that's what I do. I just, every day I'm like, okay, what are the things I got to get done to move these different things forward? I need to do that, 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 that. And I just do that, you know, um, uh, Would you say I that that's treat having all things intention? equally. You say that's having intention. Cause you, you, you know, when you say the balance, I would consider that about a balance is having priority and being intention, uh, intentional about those priorities. Like I'm going to execute on this. If that means time with my wife, time to work out. Time to eat. Time yeah. To sleep. Yeah. I mean, definitely <laughs> intention is, yeah, is important. There's no, there's absolutely no doubt, man. You got to have intention without intention. Uh, you will never uh, aim in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, yet the intent is not to be balanced in that way. Yeah. You know, cause it's like, I don't even, it's like, I get the concept of it, but the practice uh-huh. of it, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I don't yeah. know what that, that means. I mean, maybe, you know, the balance is just in terms of the response to different things and to be yeah. more, yeah. you know, like, okay, you know, certain things that are going to happen and it's about how I respond to them, you know, yeah. maybe there's room for balance and not getting too upset or something uh, when things don't go uh-huh. a certain way, uh-huh. you know, but in terms uh-huh. of like work life, yeah, you know, I don't, I just put, it's like a smoothie. I just put it in a blender, man, and, you know, we work it out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> there it is. That's a quote right there. I, I, don't, I don't try to, you know, <laughs> parse it out. I'm like, all right, we're going to figure it out. And just some days I'll do better than others, you know, of course. Uh, in terms of hitting those priorities. Yeah. And in the days where I'm not, you know, I don't miss, I don't, I, the days when I miss it, I don't get down on myself. Say, all right, well, okay, well, tomorrow is another day. We'll, we'll pick it up. Forward. Then. Forward. Yep. Got to do that. That's perfect. Have you... And or do you experience burnout? And is there any time notable that you can talk about where it was like, okay, I hit my wall here. I'm burnt out. Like I either need to take a break or I need to move on. Um, I, I would say that that burnout, when I've experienced it, really is comes uh it's more mentally. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's not, I, I don't think I've ever you know, physically been like burnt out where I just couldn't move or, you know, function, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And so, yeah, I've had times of burnout when I did my book, The Truth About Men. This was in the spring. uh, Well, no, it was the winter of February of 19. Mm -hmm. The book came out and then April of 19, my movie came out. And and that was that was difficult, you know, to do back to back. I mean, I was on the road, you know, pretty much January through almost through May. And it was really, really intense. And so mm-hmm. that was probably the closest that I, I've come to like, okay, I'm a little burnt out here. 
because mentally I was just, it was just, it was a lot. I got through it all, you know, everything, I hit all my marks, but I definitely felt like after that run, I was like, okay, I got to figure out a different way to do this. Yeah. You know, I got to work smarter, not harder. I've got to, I've got to change some things. And so coming out of that, you know, I made some life changes. You know, I got a life coach mm. that I still work with today. We work That's every cool. other week. Yeah. Cause I need, you know, it's like, if you look at athletes or you look at the best athletes in the world, Steph yeah. Curry, LeBron James, yeah. so on yeah. and so forth, they all have coaches. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't be great without a coach. And so I just, I'm like, all right, yeah, I need to apply that to life. And so I've been working with my coach and she's really been helping me mentally prepare and navigate and handle a lot of the things that, that are on my plate so that I don't get burnt out. Mm. And so that burnout process is, is a real thing, but it always comes because I'm trying to do the things in my strength that can only be done with God's strength. You know, it's like, I'm trying mm. to do those things that he can only do. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm taking that on, or I think anyone's taking it on, you're going to, you're going to get burnt out. Cause it's like, yo, we, we, we are a limited resource. No matter how much energy we have, we are a limited resource. There's, but so much we can do in a day. God's an unlimited resource. I'm a limited resource. And so mm-hmm. anytime I try to act like I'm an unlimited resource, mm-hmm. I'm going to get burnt out because I Every can't time. do it. So I, that's where I do try to find some balance in yeah. understanding what I can control and what I can't. Mm-hmm. How do you define success and how do you define failure? I define, you know, success as peace. Like just, okay, how much peace do I have Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis, moment to moment? Okay. Mm -hmm. That's really success because if I'm not practicing that, then there's no amount of external success that's going to bring me what I don't have internally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I really, really define success as peace. And Mm -hmm. in terms of failure, I think the only failure is when you don't operate in your truth and you don't do what's in your heart. That's the only mm. failure. Mm. If you do what's in your heart and something doesn't work out the way you wanted it, that's not a failure. That's a lesson. You learn something from it. Oh, okay, great. I learned this. I learned that. Okay. Maybe I need to try again or go a different way. Or maybe I you know, didn't work with the right team or whatever it may be. But if mm-hmm. you did what was in your heart and you were true to yourself and you were doing what you believe God was calling you to do, there's no failure. There's absolutely no failure because you you may misjudge something as a failure, but it actually sets you up for, you know, the best lesson you needed to learn in order exactly. to, you know, go where you were already designed and uh, yeah. created to go. Yeah. I think the only failure is is when I we don't operate in truth and we don't operate based upon what's really in our heart. That is a failure because we never actually position ourselves to learn, to live and to love in the ways that we were created to when we exactly. aren't really being true and we're not being authentic and we're not um, uh, living according to what we know is right in our spirit because we're trying to please others or, you know, we we're afraid or, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to quote unquote fail. So we play it safe. All those things lead us to failure, which is never maximizing why we were created to begin with. I like that, man. I like that. I, it's interesting because success and failure are both professors, right? Like, and, and really, when you think about the traditional sense of failure, I guess it would be more so things didn't go like you expected <laughs> or things mm-hmm. didn't go as planned. And so yeah. you considered a failure, but even then, it's a teacher. Sure <laughs> yeah. And that's where this podcast, the name Audacity to Fail, it kind of comes into that space of saying, hey, you know, we are usually afraid to start, but most times the people that are afraid to start this because they are, are worried about the future failures. 
And it's kind of one of those Definitely. things like, hey, if you're if you're scared about all the things that can go wrong, then accept that they're going to go wrong. Because usually everything that probably will go wrong, it will go, it, it probably is going to go wrong. You're probably going to fall <laughs> yeah. a bunch of times because you're doing something you've never done before. I, I'm married and I don't plan on being remarried. This is my one and only wife. And, yeah. and so therefore, I've never been married before. So of course, I'm going to screw up. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? You got that right. I, I have a son. <laughs> I have a son. It's, I only have one. I screw up all the time yeah. because I've never done it before. Yeah. And just got to accept and walk in going, huh? <laughs> hey, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> and, and, I, and I learned a lot about actually that from uh, your book, The Weight. Oh, yeah. We went through your journey because it was just like, look, yeah. don't, you know. I don't know, this. bro. I don't know. We're trying. We figured <laughs> this thing out together. one step at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why I appreciate that of uh, what The Weight is about. Um, which actually, can you recap what the weight is about for everybody? I was going to talk about it, but you know, from your perspective, because it's your life for those sure. that are going through it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, the weight is a book that uh, my wife and I wrote, you know, a number mm-hmm. of years ago. Uh, and it's all about the power of delayed gratification, um, specifically in the area of waiting um, until marriage to have sex. And so we talked about, you know, our relationship and our different journeys, you know, with mm-hmm. the weight. Um, and then also how that, uh, spilled over into other areas of our life. And so, you know, we were really, you know, blessed that so many people around the world have found the book and it's blessed them. Cause I think, you know, out there, man, we're just in a time of instant gratification. You know, everybody wants everything right now. Um, not even just, you know, from a sex standpoint, just a life standpoint. Mm -hmm. So as a result, it is very challenging to understand the power of patience and Mm -hmm. to understand that, you know, everything that, that you, could have or should have doesn't mean you should have it now. Yeah. Um, and then also when it comes to sex, it's like, okay, well, maybe not doing the things that I'm being pressured to do from culture, society, whatever, mm-hmm. and really trying to say, okay, well, I need to heal from my last relationship. And what mistakes have I made that I need to learn from? Mm-hmm. And how do I set myself up for success in the future? Yeah. And so much of that has to do with the decisions made today. So yeah. the weight is, is all about that. It's all about how to really put your health and your wholeness and your heart first yeah. Um, because those things are are critical. Because in my experience, if you don't prioritize those things, no one else is going to prioritize them more than you so prioritize true. them for yourself. So true. So you know, a lot of times people will will do to you what they're what you allow them to do, what you allow them to get away with. Of course. So the weight is really a powerful way to take your power back and to to live and love on your terms, dude. So. You guys, when you guys uh, get here and you see the transcripts, if, you, if you're part of the newsletter, the Audacity to Fail newsletter or the website, you'll see all the books there to purchase. Um, oh, so, you, oh man, come on. It, it was naturally a part of the podcast. <laughs> Everything you talk about. <laughs> okay, so well, now we're going to go into, I wanted to talk about the weight because we had to talk about the weight. Oh, by the way, I, I designed the cover of the weight. Just wanted everybody to know. Yes, you did. You see Dang, that? Man, you got all, all, all my, you did that one. You did... Success. Um, the Hollywood commandments yeah. and the success commandments. Yeah. Um, and, not the last um, two. and, uh, yeah, not the last two, but you know, that's because those were pretty much, well, no, you, you did. Um, oh yeah. But no, you helped out on, um, I think yeah. I sent you truth the, about the truth about mm-hmm. men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah you, Conceptual. you Conceptually. Out. Yeah. And then they, they're the, the publisher, exactly. just, you know, mimic what you did. But, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And that one, I love that stairs. It had that magazine. Yeah, it was dope, vibe. man. Yeah. It was dope. It was, <laughs> it was dope, dope, man. Yeah, man. So we're going to go into live free now. So I got some questions okay. about live free and then 
Uh, there Great. are parts in Live Free that I wouldn't say they're chapter, but you know, sections, I guess. How, how would you call them? Because you got the chapter and you got little yeah, section. sections. Sections, yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah, I have section. section titles that I selected for you okay. to kind of give a quick recap on because I thought that those are really strong and I think the listeners will be like, you know, definitely want to check out the book and check out especially those sessions. Nice, so, love it. Okay, so diving into Live Free, every time I get closer to the mic, you guys can hear me better because I'm excited. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> what led you to write Live Free and how does it differ from the success commandments? Uh, the journey to writing Live Free has been happening for years. Mm-hmm. It's been something that I've been observing about expectations and how expectations really run our life. Mm-hmm. You know, after just my own disappointments and my own um, uh, discontent with certain things that were happening in my life and mm-hmm. certain circumstances and situations. And I, I just said, okay, well, what's really happening? Why am I feeling this way? And mm-hmm. so much of it had to do with not the reality. It was the expectation of the reality that was mm. distorting my emotions about mm. reality. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times we aren't actually reacting to what happened. We're reacting to our expectation of what we thought was going to happen. Mm. And if, it, if, if something happens and it exceeds our expectation, man, we're over the moon. If something happens and it doesn't, it you know doesn't meet our expectation, we're devastated. And so we end up are on this kind of emotional roller coaster or playing emotional yo-yo. And a lot of it has to just do because we don't, we haven't managed our expectations. We mm-hmm. haven't set them. We haven't gotten control of them. And so this book is wildly different than the success commandments. The success commandments was really about, you know, if you're a spiritual person, how do you find success in the secular world without compromising your values? That book specifically was really a, you know, faith-based book geared towards professionals of faith and giving them the tools that they need to go into the marketplace, be successful mm-hmm. without compromising uh, their morality and their integrity and their foundation. Live free is really more about a lifestyle. Live free basically means that when we live free, we are not under the emotional, um, mental, or physical control of anyone or anything. Mm. So when I'm living free, I am living based upon the expectations that I've set. Mm -hmm. And I don't allow anything or anyone to dictate how I feel. I am the only one that gets to dictate how I feel, what I do. Mm -hmm. And I get a chance to control my expectations and set those expectations. And so often we give ourselves over, you know, like even the statement, oh man, that person made me mad. Mm. or that situation made me mad. Okay. (laughs) We don't even realize inherent in the statement, we have given up our power to that person or that situation that you've allowed that situation to make you mad. The only way that you can be mad is because anger is in you. Mm. That person did not bring you something that wasn't already in you. That person just revealed what was already there. Mm. period i heard wayne dyer rest in peace you know he's obviously a giant in the self-help space but he talked Mm -hmm. about like this idea that if you squeeze an orange what are you gonna get you're gonna get orange juice why because it's in it (laughs) (laughs) you know if you squeeze an orange and you want lemon juice you're not gonna get lemon juice because that's not in it right anytime life squeezes us we see whatever comes out is a reflection of what's there if we find ourselves perpetually frustrated or angry, mm-hmm. it means we got to resolve that anger and frustration internally. 
In my experience, a lot of times that anger and frustration is, is coming because there's an expectation that has not been managed. There's a disappointment because of something that didn't happen in the past. Uh, there's a person we're trying to control. They won't do what we want. And now we're mad. Mm-hmm. It's usually our happiness or frustration or anger, or anxiety is, I believe, is directly related to an unmanaged or an unset expectation. And mm-hmm. so the whole idea of the book, understand what the expectations are in every main area of your life. And then giving the reader the tools on how to set those expectations for yourself so that you can live free. I had had three other questions. I was like, and he answered them all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to go into the live free section. Do you think, bro? Okay, so I'm going to hit on all these sections and then you recap like you just did (laughs) that that section. So uh, this is in chapter two. It is we are how we think. Yeah, we are how we think. You know, this is all about controlling our thoughts, you know, and getting control. Like so much of how we think dictates how we live. And so, you know, again, going back to expectations, most mm-hmm. expectations start with a thought, mm-hmm. right? I think this is the way it's supposed to be. So mm-hmm. then I live in that way. But then here's the reality if you haven't identified if your expectation is realistic or unrealistic, you could have thought an unrealistic expectation. And then as a result, live an unrealistic life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you, we are how we think. And so it's really about understanding our thoughts, getting control of what we're thinking in order to really then get, get, get control of how we're being. Yeah. That's powerful. The second one from chapter four, the pressure to live up to what isn't real, the pressure to live up to what isn't real. In order to set your expectations, you have to do two things. One, you have to determine if it's a realistic expectation or an unrealistic expectation. Okay, what is an unrealistic expectation? How do you know if it's realistic or not? It comes down to one word, control. Whatever is within your control, I argue it is realistic for you to expect. Whatever is outside of your control, it's unrealistic to expect. And when an expectation involves another party, you have to then say, is this an unspoken expectation or is it communicated expectation? If you have an unrealistic expectation and you have an uncommunicated expectation, you have not set the expectation. Mm. So as a result, when your expectation is not set, then you have these unrealistic ideas of what should happen. And then you feel the pressure to live up to it. And the only reason why there's the pressure is because you created that pressure or you've allowed others to impose on you their expectations that you don't actually believe in or buy into, but you don't have the strength yet to say, mom, dad, husband, wife, I don't want to do that. That's not who I am. Then you feel the pressure of living up to something that was never real to begin with. Why? Because it never, it never originated from your authentic self. That's crazy. So that's what I mean when you talk about something that's not real, but you feel it's, it's crazy how many people mm-hmm. feel the pressure to live up to something that's not real. Because it doesn't originate from their spirit, their soul. It doesn't originate from their authentic self, but they feel the pressure to live up to this facade of who people want them to be, who they think they're supposed to be, instead of really identifying who they really are. The next one, the cost of striving too high. Chapter four. The subtitle of the book is called Exceed Your Highest Expectation. So I have every intent to motivate and empower the reader to live a life that goes even beyond what they expect. However, however, in my experience, that that, that striving energy 
is the energy that depletes us and wears us out. Earlier in the conversation, we talked about burnout. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, a lot of burnout comes from striving. Mm-hmm. I want to be something so badly. I want to achieve this so badly that I am trying to take everything in my control. And if it doesn't happen how I want it to happen, when I've said it should happen, then I'm devastated. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm demoralized. Mm. You know, so that striving, that striving energy is the energy that we have to combat. A good friend of mine, he's a very popular pastor, Pastor Mike Todd. He wrote a, a major book called Relationship Goals, came out um, last year. It's a huge um, bestseller. First time we met, he said something that, I, I, that stuck with me. He was like, man, you know, he said, there's a difference between striving and striding, you know? Mm. And I said, okay. And he said, man, when you look at Jesus, he never strived at all. He was never in a rush to get anywhere. He just, he, he said he, he, he strided, you know, he had a stride and he talks about the pace of grace. You know, I said, man, I love it. I said, man, I said, <laughs> I'm. I said, man, you have helped me out tremendously because I'm a, I am a, you know, striver in recovery. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, that. I was like, man, I got to get in that pace <laughs> of grace because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what this chapter is really about. This idea that, you know, we got to get rid of the striving energy. It's depleting us. And we got to get more into the peace and the confidence of where we are and appreciating where we need to go. That's great. That's great. Uh, I have two more. The next one is from chapter seven. It is seeing with godly vision. Yes, yes. So seeing with godly vision is all about trying to see a circumstance the way God sees it. So, you know, years ago I taught a message and I said, okay, so right now what happens is we limit our vision based upon what we see naturally, which is, you know, okay, how far can I look horizontally? And then how high can I look vertically, right? Physically, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I say, look at it how God sees it, right? Mm -hmm. So how is God seeing this situation? Is anything that's happening to you a surprise to God? Is God taken aback by what's happening? No. Okay, God. So when we look at things with a godly vision, you know, we, we then allow ourselves to see like, okay, wait, let me not get so anxious. Let me not get so frustrated. Let me not get so mad, right? Because I'm, I'm allowing myself to have a better perspective. When we look at things with godly vision, it gives us a broader perspective on the situation. And then when also the part about godly vision is to ask the question, okay, if I buy into the idea ideology that nothing is happening to me, but everything is happening for me, mm. what is the lesson in the situation that I'm dealing with? What can I learn from it? What, like, what is it revealing? Why has God allowed this to happen? And what am I supposed to get from it? Because a lot of times we are reacting to the, the like, ooh, I'm frustrated, I'm mad, this, this person is not right, or this job is this, or I don't have the money to, die. instead of saying, okay, that may be a fact, mm-hmm. but wh- wh- how can I grow from this? Why has God allowed it? Mm-hmm. And what am I supposed to get from it? Instead of just reacting, I look at with godly vision. I say, okay, God, tell me what I need to know. How do I, what do I get from this so that I can take this lesson, apply it and move to the next level of my life? That's great, man. That's great. Um, chapter nine, a section in chapter nine called expectationship. That word is awesome, by the way. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> expectationship. Yeah, yeah. Expect, expectationship is you're, you're not really in a friendship. You're in an expectation ship. Meaning, 
the friends are there as long as you behave according to what they expect. Mm. As long as you text them how they want to be text, as long as you respond how they want to be, how they want to respond, as long as you hang when they want to hang. And that can go for family too. You're not mm. really in a family ship, you're in an expectation ship, you know, where you, it's a performance based relationship, it's performance based dynamic. That's what an expectation ship is all about. And I put that set section in the book so that as someone reads it, they can start to identify and evaluate their, the people that are close to them. You know, like, okay, That's wait, real. can I, am I really my true self or am I performing in order to keep this, this um, relationship, this friendship, this family ship, so to speak. And, uh, and if it is performance-based and it is an expectation ship, I challenge the reader to change it. Because, because it's draining you, it's draining yeah. you. And, and whenever we aren't our true self, we pay for it. We are the only ones that pay for it. That's true. You know, so we create this artificial life based upon people that don't really care about us. They're connected to what we do. Yeah, man. You yeah. know what I mean? You want to, if you mm-hmm. want to see how strong your relationship is, your family ship, your friendship, don't do something that they want you to do. That's not in your heart. And then you're going to see what's up. That's true. You know, it's like, hey, I love you, but I can't loan you that money. I love you, but I just, I can't do it. I'm not, I don't have it or I'm not called to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I love you, but I, no, I, I don't feel like doing that. I don't yeah. feel like coming. Yeah. That, now you're going to really see what's up. Yeah. You know, you say that. And it's interesting. Last year from August to November, I made it a point, and I hadn't even read that part of the book. I made it a point to say no to everybody asking me for something. (laughs) Nice. Literally just say no. Because I realized that to a lot of people, I'm just a designer where I thought I'm their friend. Or I thought that I'm their brother. I'm saying, hi, or how are you? And then there's no response. But then they'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm doing just fine. But by the way... Can you do X, Y, and Z for me? And yeah. mind you, when even when you talk about expectationships, some of them, if, long, if you accept them, my grandmother always says, accept the relationship. You can't change anything but yourself and how you respond to it. That's right. That's <laughs> right. right. That's right. So, and, if you, so, and it's okay to know that that's what it is as long as you're okay with it. Right. That's right. <laughs> right? That's right. And so what I did was I said no to everyone so that I could figure out which relationships were actually relationships and which one were transactions. Yes. To understand the difference. And, and so literally I said no. And when I said no, I realized some people I haven't even talked to since then. I, they probably won't ever wow. call me again. Wow. You know? And I'm like, and I go, okay. And it just, okay. <laughs> you know? wow. And then some people then I, heard, I heard back from, and they were like, hey, just checking on, see how you doing. Oh, cool. You know, you're yeah. cool. And it I wasn't even it. that, I'm, and I'm not mad at anyone. It's just, I just needed to know because you want to give the right energy to the right people for the right reasons. Yeah. So, and that was totally, but it's, but man, but, but again, we talk about reality, man. And Mm -hmm. a lot of us are not living in reality because we, we have not taken the time to really do this, which is like, okay, who's really for me? Yeah. Okay. It's, it's okay. I am, I can make the choice to allow people in my airspace that aren't for me, but as long as I understand that there's nothing more devastating than when you think someone's your friend. And you have a friendship, but it's really an expectation ship. Oh, my goodness. And it'll destroy it you when you give too much and you find out at oh. the last minute. And you're like, oh, 
you're like, oh, wow, that's what this yeah. is. And I thought this person was really my friend. Yeah. You know, I mean, I went through this when I left Sony, you know, to start mm-hmm. my own company, man. Like people I thought were like, yo, okay. People who I thought, no, this is my friend. There are some people I haven't heard from since the day they found out that I was no longer an executive. Yeah. That that's I was talking crazy. to every day, every day, man. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that, that was a harsh lesson, but it was a good one. I learned yeah. a lot. Because in your head, you're like, I'd have dinner with this person. I'd go to the house and have totally. dinner. You, easily, totally. not even an effort. Yes, of course I'll go. Nope. And then you find out that to them, no, you were a status. Nah. You were a symbol. Man. I have, uh, I want to say, maybe two questions left and okay. I, I, in total. So we're done with those, the yep. chapter sections. What challenges do you still face that make you a little nervous to start, continue, or launch? And so, I mean, I guess launch and start would be the same. But I, when I think of start, it's something minor and launch is something big. I don't have a lot of nervousness, you know, I I would Mm -hmm. say sometimes hesitancy, um, you know, comes from, it's like, I'm very pragmatic, which sometimes is not a good thing Mm -hmm. because then I think too much. Mm -hmm. And and instead of sometimes just doing and like going, I'll think about it and 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 I'll be like, "Hmm, maybe I should do this and wait. So sometimes I think that, that, it's sometimes being analytical and being very pragmatic serves me well, but mm-hmm. sometimes it, it actually is a barrier because then I just don't operate in the flow and I don't operate, you know, uh, according to what God may be telling me to do. Cause I'm thinking it through and I'm mm-hmm. second guessing myself and, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff versus just like going for it, you know, and that's mm-hmm. something that I really want to continue to work for because work on, cause there's some things that I want to do. And I think they probably would, would happen if I was a little more, out of my head a little bit more, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you start off just going, you know what, I'm about to attack this thing. I got it. Or I'm going to attack this thing. Whatever will be, will be. God got my back. If it goes all the way or if it dies, um, I'm still going to You jump. know, I try not to limit myself. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of have that opinion. I'm like, all right, let me prep, prepare for whatever. So a couple of years ago, for example, mm-hmm. um, I hosted, I co-hosted this um, show on... Um, TLC mm-hmm. called This Is Life Live. And it was like these different real life scenarios. Mm-hmm. And then it was live. I had never done live TV before. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what happened was, you know, they hired me because I was authentic and real. And then mm-hmm. they, and they paired me with somebody who was a little more of kind of like a newscaster. Mm-hmm. So long story short, you know, we're doing our run throughs. They want, me to be more newscastery, you know, not mm-hmm. as just myself and being, you know, the energy and, and all yeah. that. And so, you know, I went through the reads, you know, with the teleprompter and trying to get it how they wanted it. And, um, you know, and like, I was like, ah, oh, this doesn't quite feel right, but I had never done it before. So I was like, man, let me just make myself, un- allow myself to be uncomfortable. Try uh-huh. it. Long mm-hmm. story short, you know, when we're doing it live, um, you know, the other thing I also learned is that when you're live, your 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 whole performance hangs in the balance with whoever's run the teleprompter. Because if they aren't up to speed with your cadence, it can be a disaster. And I didn't know that, you know? And so, man, if it was three nights, the first night, fine. The second night, like disaster, because the teleprompter person was was slower. And, you know, again, I haven't done live TV, so, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how to, 
to manage that. And yeah. so in between takes, I'm saying to the teleprompter person in the ear, I'm like, yo, I need you to speed up. And then they were kind of pushing back. And then the director or the producers didn't step in to help. So I'm like, okay, so here I am. Oh. You know, y'all want me to be live on this show and I have no support. None. Yeah. Oh man. So anyway, <laughs> I, I, the idea of you being a newscaster and being like, hello, this is Devon Franklin is hilarious. totally man. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not me. That's, that's not what you hired. So long story short, mm-hmm. the second night was a disaster. It was so bad that they were like, look, what we, we're going to flip it because I was supposed to handle a more complicated story on third night and the other newscaster was going to handle kind of a more simple story uh-huh. back in L.A. They sent her to handle the more complicated story and then they sent me back to L.A. to handle the simple story. Yeah. Uh, long story short, we got it right. Third night was great and, and the ratings were, were fine. But going back to that, even that your first question about failure. Yeah. You know, certainly I didn't I didn't fail. I learned. I said, yes. oh, got it. One, mm-hmm. if someone's asking you to be something that you're not, just say no. Say, you know what? I'd rather not take the job. This is mm-hmm. who I am. And I'm going to do it this way. I'm not going to do it. Like, I just don't want it. Don't want it so badly. You compromise yourself. And I felt compromised. And then two, you know, now I, for going from that moment, I say, oh, okay. Now what I need to do the next time I'm ever doing something live. First of all, mm-hmm. if you make it through live television, there's nothing you can't do. And so mm-hmm. I felt like I, I was <laughs> trial by fire and I learned and I'm certainly way better on TV because of that. Yeah. But also it's like, all right, you know what? Next time I have that opportunity, now I know how to prepare. Mm-hmm. Now I know the questions to ask. Yeah. Now I know, you know, like, okay, you know what? I need to get with that teleprompter person and read this through. Let us get our rhythm. So we're good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about it. I was like, all right, bet I'll go out there and read. So long answer to your, your, your question. Yeah. But, you know, that was a situation where I was like, all right, I'm gonna just throw myself out. I'm going I'm to see what happens and mm-hmm. be open to it. And mm-hmm. I try to live that way. Mm-hmm. Never put myself in a box, be open to new opportunities, be open to discover who I really am and what I can really do. That's perfect. So last question. Um, and I'm going to preface it with this. Last year, there was something going on over social media. It was this quote, and we talked about mm-hmm. it in private earlier. And that was, if it's in 2020 and you didn't figure out a hustle, then the hustle wasn't in you. Everybody from major celebrities were sharing this idea that if in 2020 through your struggle, you didn't come up with a hustle, the hustle wasn't in you. And I saw that break a bunch of people. And it was just, you got people that were dealing with just trying to survive, their loved ones dying. Yeah. You know, <laughs> dealing with COVID, dealing yeah. with Black Lives Matter, to turn around and then have the person who inspires you the most tell you the hustle's not in you. And so that's a preface to the question. And the question goes to, for the, those who are dealing with that hustle fatigue, who are facing that, and who are facing the fear to start, the fear to continue, or the fear to let go, what would you say to them right now to help them get back on track to their inner peace, to have the confidence again that everything's okay, go at your own pace? You got to live free. You can't let anyone or anything control you. And, and social media is a major area uh, of emotional and mental control. Physical, too, in some instances, because people see things on social media and physically feel inadequate or, oh, I've got to go look like this or do this or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. You've got to live free. You've got to live free. You've got to live according to what's in your heart, according to how God is leading you, according to your expectations. Period. End of story. Because if you are not secure 
in yourself. Mm -hmm. If you are not secure in your current success, then a meme on social media can completely disrupt you. Mm. Why? Was it the meme? No, it was the revelation of your own insecurity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, got it. Again, this is this is this is exposing that I don't. I'm not locked down. I'm actually not living free mm-hmm. because I'm not. I haven't reconciled where I am and just made peace with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I want to be further along. I'm not. Let me just make peace with that. Mm-hmm. Say, okay, all right, got it. Well, why aren't I? Okay, here's some areas that I think I can improve. Got it. And I'm going to do that in a healthy way. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do that because I feel shamed. Yeah. You know, or I feel guilt or I feel mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, I'm not good enough. Anytime we are operating out of those energies, we are yeah. always going to make the wrong decisions. Good enough one is what broke me. It was the good enough. Dude, that whole, all of but, 2020 just. Right. Right. Good enough is what man. got me, man. Does God ever think you're, we're not enough? Never. God is never shot looking, looking on us saying, oh man, they're just not enough. My son, my daughter, they're not enough. Oh man, I wish, you know, I wish they, no, that's never it. It's like, no, I wish, I want you to know how, how enough you are. I want you to know how great I created you to be. I want you to know what I put within you. Don't let anybody make you feel differently. Don't let anybody tell you differently. Don't let anything you watch or see tell you differently. Because again, here's what happens. This is the matrix so many Mm -hmm. people live in. This idea of, okay, I'm not enough. I have to do more. If you don't feel enough, you can never do enough to be enough. Facts. Period. So, so this idea, so, so here's how it goes. If I do not feel that I am enough and I'm trying to feel enough by doing more, Mm-hmm. It's like I'm perpetually eating, but I can never get full. Mm. I'm just eating, 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 but I can never get full. Why? I can never get full because I have not actually decided, you know, I'm enough. And it doesn't matter what I do, because at the end of the day, if I don't believe it, there's nothing I can do that's going to make me believe something I don't believe. Think about the most successful people in the world and some of the most successful people in the world who have had some of the most public struggles. Why? Because it's not about the height that they reached. It was about even reaching those heights. It exposed, oh, wait a minute. I'm not enough. I thought that becoming more successful was going to fill the hole. It doesn't. I thought having more money was going to fill the hole. It doesn't. I thought having more women or, or more men or you know more houses or whatever it may be or more followers mm-hmm. was going to fill the hole. It doesn't. Because the, if you don't feel enough, you say, oh man, if I just had more followers, well, you get more followers. And you're like, I need more followers. I need more likes. I need mm. more comments. More, more, more to what end? Yeah. That's the matrix. Yeah. That's the matrix people are plugged into. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Grind, 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 grind. Okay, I'm more, more, more. Okay, until what? Until when? So anyone listening right now, you got to live yeah. free. Yeah. You got to live life on your terms. You got to unplug from the matrix. Yeah. You got to set your own expectations and you got to be okay with your pace because your pace is the only pace that matters. Period. In the story. You're not running exactly. against anybody else. You are in a race with yourself and God is your coach and he absolutely wants you to be victorious. Period. End of story. And everything that comes in this race for you is to coach you on how to run, how to win, how to succeed. No lesson 
is to punish you or to make you feel less than. They're all lessons to make you become who you were created to be on this track of life. That was the best ending (laughs) to this episode. (laughs) I hope you guys are blessed from this. I hope you guys get the encouragement to, again, start, continue, or stop. Whatever is best for you. You guys check out Live Free. It comes out May 4th, right? May 4th? May 4th, yes, sir. Yep, okay. So May 4th, Live Free. You can pre-order it now. DevonFranklin.com, Amazon, and even this web website for this podcast, The Audacity to Fail. You'll see a link to go pre-order it as well. Uh, you guys check it out. I've already started reading through a lot of it from the early, I got an early copy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm telling you guys, it's definitely worth it. This is definitely one that you're going to continue going back to. It's not like a one and done. You definitely are going to uh, get your highlighters ready, get a physical copy. Uh, I think you're going to do an audio book soon. So maybe like an, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 record that in so March. So definitely, yeah, I would definitely, this is one of those, you guys, where you get an audio book and get the hard cover because you're going to hear the audio book, hear some bars, and you want to go back to that book and highlight that <laughs> section. <laughs> so it's definitely a double. Divine, thank you so much for, for being on this podcast. I appreciate it. Of course, it. my brother. You definitely Thanks blessed for having me. me, man. I'm almost Proud positive that somebody listening to this is feeling blessed. So this was a perfect day. Thank you so much. Nice. And, um, my pleasure. Talk to you next time, man. Yeah, man. I can't wait. Awesome. All right, darling.